This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Sabah Rukhain and welcome back to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now today is the International Day of Women and Girls in Science and you are about to meet a young woman who is determined to change the face of science and put the UAE at the forefront of scientific research and development. Alian Mansouri is a 16-year-old scientist and visionary who, in 2017, won the Genes in Space UAE competition, taking her experiment into space to the International Space Station. We're going to be hearing her story. We're going to be hearing about her dreams, the problems in the world that she wants to change, and so much more from this incredible, extraordinary young woman. All of that is coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. As things stand now, less than 30% of researchers worldwide are women. And according to UNESCO data, only around 30% of all female students select STEM-related fields in higher education. Globally, female students' enrollment is particularly low in ICT at 3%. Natural science, maths and statistics are at 5%. And in engineering, manufacturing and construction, it's just 8%. Biases and gender stereotypes in the real world are reflected in TV and film. The 2015 Gender Bias Without Borders study by the Gina Davis Institute showed that only 12% of on-screen characters with a STEM job were women. So, today on the International Day of Women and Girls in Science, we're meeting a young woman who is blasting these stereotypes like a rocket ship into space. I went to meet 16-year-old Emirati school student and scientist Alia and Mansouri, who in 2017 won the Genes in Space UAE competition with a proposal to study how exposure to space affects the health of live organisms at cellular level. One of her greatest highlights is seeing her experiment loaded onto the August 2017 SpaceX CRS-12 mission, and she was there at the Kennedy Space Center to see it blast off into space. Speaking to Alia, her excitement and enthusiasm for science and exploration are infectious as she talks with wide-eyed wonder about everything we are discovering about ourselves and the world around us. But as our conversation continues, it's clear that she is someone who thinks deeply about the problems of the world with the wisdom far beyond her years. We started our discussion talking about the need for more women in science. I actually met a scientist in NYU Bulabi the other day. Uh, she's a biologist and uh, I was talking to her and she was telling me about kind of like how she's so surprised that in the UAE we actually have more female scientists than she sees female scientists in the United States, which is crazy. So she was telling me, I'm, I'm so amazed that here in the United Arab Emirates, an Arabic country, you know, in the Gulf region, actually has more female scientists than in the United States, which is crazy. So, um, you know, it's something that I'm very proud of, actually, and I take pride in a lot because 
uh, I'm just proud of the progress that we've made. And I think um, we can use the UAE as an example for other countries to follow. And it's, it's amazing. This will be yeah. airing yeah. for the International Day yeah. of Girls and Women in Science yeah. to hear your story. Yeah, I feel like the, the reason why the work that I'm doing is exciting for me is because I get to share my story with a lot of girls around the world, especially on social media. I get a lot of messages from girls from, for example, like Saudi Arabia or Kuwait or even places all around the world. And I get to talk to them about my experience and what I do and hopefully get to inspire them to also do the same, even if it's on a smaller scale in their community, in their classroom. I always try to do that, and um, I hope that I do that someday. I, I know that you do that right now. But what do they say to you on social media? These are my favorite questions, is when someone comes up to me and asks me about the work that I do and they're interested in the research that I do and they ask me technical questions. I really love that because, you know, I get to talk about what I love doing the most, which is science. And so I get to talk to them about my research and my experiments and how I did it and kind of like small technical questions, like what are the, for example, the equipment that you used and stuff like that. So I really love these questions, wow. especially when other when I see youth my age and especially girls interested in what I'm doing in the technical part of the entire process. I just get really excited and yeah. You must have a really huge fan club. <laughs> well, I don't know. I actually don't know if that exists, but um, I have one fan for sure, which is my dog, Tesla. She's awesome. She's my number one fan. I'm her number one fan. Um, she's as awesome. Yeah. Tesla as a Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Even though she's a girl, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm taking the last name. You know Tesla. what? I'm going <laughs> to ask you from there um, in terms of your heroes. So mm -hmm. is Nikola Tesla one of your science heroes? Who are they? Who inspires you? I think that's a very big question because for me, every single day I have a new person that I'm inspired by. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's in science or someone who's like a woman or in science. I just, I love being inspired by different people and the different aspects of their lives and the different things that they do. Yesterday I met with a cancer patient. His name is Khalifa bin Dafus, and he talked to me about the challenges that he faced and something like that really inspires me because it shows me how powerful and great people can be and, and the power of humanity and perseverance, which is something that you don't see every day. And I think it really did motivate me and um, other people who are my heroes, obviously my mom, my dad, they inspire me every single day, even though none of them do science. Though my dad studied psychology, he, he'll never convince me that that's like biology, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they're still my heroes and I still look up to them every single day. So I think a lot of people in my life are my heroes and my teachers are my heroes. Absolutely. Like my teachers at school, I always look up to them, even though like, for example, my sports teacher, I look up to her, my principal I look up to her and learning is important for you yeah it, it is it's a very big thing for me how did this happen because you know there are lots of kids who are not inspired at mm -hmm. school they're not inspired to learn so how did you get inspired to learn to have that thirst for learning and for science mm -hmm. I have to say it's pretty hard especially in school when you're taught that everything that you have to learn is through books and through just reading information and trying to soak it all in and taking giant SAT books and trying to get a perfect score. Things like that that I still struggle with every single day at school, especially since I'm in an American curriculum. So that's still a struggle to go through APs and SATs. 
which is a difficult thing because in the end these things they don't rely on your actual logic and they mostly rely on information and knowledge that you don't know where to get in a book you know it's it's pretty hard so I would say the advice that I would have for anyone is to just try new things. I love trying new things and meeting new people, and I think that's the reason why I've been so interested in science is because I remember when I was, I think, in, like, seventh grade, my sister told me to try something new. I've never been to, like, a big event or anything like that about science, and it was the first actually in the country, and so she took me to the science event for Mohammed Barash Space Center, where they got an astronaut and they, they had like book signings and stuff like that. And I've never been to a place like that. And for me, science was just something in school that I just enjoyed doing. And when I went there and I met the astronaut and I met the engineers and I met the scientists who were working collectively on this really big project, for example, or this awesome satellite, I, I was just very motivated. And meeting them and asking them questions, I think, this type of learning, it will teach you more than all of your years in school. I think learning from other people around you, not necessarily in a school environment, will teach you more than you learn in a class. And um, I think that's a good way to grow and become a better person and a better version of yourself. Wow. Yeah. But what about, you know, science? Did you read about it when you were little? Did you see movies? Did you think, oh, I'd love to go into space one day? Yeah, I love science fiction movies, like E.T., like I'm wearing an E.T. shirt right now. Um, and this is just like my typical, you know, everyday shirt. You'll find a million E.T. shirts and a million Star Wars shirts. I love science fiction. So ever since I was a kid, some would say I'm still a kid. I'm 16, guys. Um, but ever since I was small, I loved science fiction. I loved aliens, especially in my brother who's 10 years older than me, would tell me, Alia, you're an alien. And I would say, okay, great, I'm an alien. I can go to space, finally. Where are my real parents? And, <laughs> and ever since, you know, I was like five years old till, let's say, like eight years old, I lived that period of my life thinking that I was an actual alien and asking my parents nearly every single week, where are my real parents? And I think that must have been really hard for them. But, um, you know, they went through it. And one day I got like the flu or something and I had to go to the doctor and he told me, okay, this is like in your throat and you need to take this medicine. And I said, that's funny. I don't have a throat. I'm an alien. And he said, uh, no, what's funnier is that you're human and you're not an alien. And I was really sad. I was like, oh, and for me, I thought that like aliens were the only type of creatures that can go to space. But then I realized that you can be an astronaut and go to space. So that's when my dream began, was when I knew that humans can go to space and that you can go and explore space even though you're not an alien. And you can live in space, you can work in space, and that can be your job. If you ask me, that's the best job for me. Why not? Uh, she's the one to do it as well, from dreams of being an alien to dreams of going to Mars. Coming up next, Alia tells me why she thinks she we should be focusing on research before we get too excited about going into space. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. 
It's Life Beats on Pulse95 and I'm in conversation with the extraordinary Adil Mansouri who has dreams of becoming an astronaut and is avidly working towards research in that goal. And here, I asked her about going into space and how she became so inspired by science. Well, we've got astronauts who are about to go to Mars. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, the Mars, the whole Mars mission, it's it's very interesting. I think in the future, because the Mars mission isn't if we're going to Mars. It's not going to happen until like 2030 something. And I think it's going to be really big. But I feel like a lot of people should focus more now on research to figure out how we can protect these astronauts once they go to Mars. Um, which is why I did my research. Um, Tell us more about that, because you did an amazing experiment, this project um, that you got to take to the Kennedy Space Center yeah. and send into space. Yeah. So tell us about that for the people who don't know what you did there. Uh, so the experiment that I sent was about a protein called T-Choc proteins. These proteins are made in the human body to protect us from external factors and environmental factors like heat. So let's say it's really hot outside and you go outside and it's like 40 degrees. Your body is going to make these proteins to protect you from the environment. And so I wanted to see whether our bodies will also make these proteins to protect us from space and radiation and the environmental factors that are present in space. And the reason why I wanted to study that was to further understand the human body. And, you know, we have so much to learn and so many proteins that we don't know about and we don't know their functions. And so it's interesting to see what would happen to these proteins in space. And it also is interesting to see how we can use that to our advantage once we go to Mars, which is a really big thing for me because going back to the story where I thought I was an alien, actually my home planet, quote unquote, was Mars because it's close, it's not too far away. So um, Just a few hundred million light years yeah, away. Yeah, totally, our neighbor, Mars. <laughs> So it's always been kind of home for me, even though I've never been. I always look at it through my telescope, Luna. My telescope has a name. Um, And I always look at Mars from my telescope and wonder what it's like to be there and wonder what it's like for the people who will eventually go there and hoping that I would get a chance to do that myself. And even if I don't, I think being able to contribute to a very big step for humanity is a big thing in itself. And I really hope I get to be part of that journey. I really hope you do as well. But I mean, how did you kind of um, start thinking about these things, like those proteins that do protect us from heat as well? And, you know, if your research could have huge implications for us here on Earth, let alone Mm -hmm. on Mars as well. But how do you start thinking about that kind of thing? I think, you know, I'm very curious. So... Even when I was really small, I would always ask weird weird questions. I would ask my parents, for example, why do we sleep at night and not sleep in the morning and wake up at night? Why do we live on Earth? Why don't we live like on the moon and like an object that rotates another object? Why Why do we have to live on Earth? I used to ask weird questions all the time. And that carried on with me even in high school and and just in my middle school classes, I would ask my teachers. And so when I was in the eighth grade, I used to ask my science teacher, Ms. Wad, shout out to her. Uh, I used to ask her questions about biology and questions about science and all that type of stuff. And I used to ask her about proteins and genetics, which was like my favorite subject in the world. And she would answer and she would stay with me and break and explain to me complicated things about this entire field and help me 
understand them even at the at a very young age and i'm really grateful for that she actually teaches me ap bio right now so that's incredible yeah see that's the amazing thing because you had a teacher who really supported you yeah and just nurtured that that curiosity mm -hmm. and made it just grow yeah she really did try her best to uh convey the message and show me that science is for everyone and anyone can learn science we are humans and we have dna and we have genomes and we have we have all of this these human factors that are amazing and we should learn more about them and i think that's something she really did teach me what did it feel like when you were able to take your experiment into space from the kennedy space center that was crazy uh i loved it it was my favorite experience of all time obviously and um <laughs> I, I was just so excited. I went there and there were like astronauts all over the place. There were like astronauts, you know, just sitting there, you know, they sit and everything and they eat, you know, like us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of us, <laughs> even though they've lived in space. So I got to meet a lot of astronauts. Um, what did you ask them? Every time I want to ask an astronaut a question, I, I just, everything in my mind just like floats away to space because I'm just so excited like you meet someone who's been to space yeah. this is crazy you've everything we know and love and hear about every single person who's lived in history every single animal every single thing that we ever know about is here on earth so it's crazy to see someone who was not in this place did not live only in this small speck of dust that's floating randomly in the universe not randomly, but kind of. And then, so you were super excited. You were there. Yeah. You got to take the experiment. It just went up in the rocket. Yeah. Tell us was, about that. It was an amazing experience, as I said. I think um, that project kind of became more of a symbol of hope and commitment and perseverance. And, you know, it for me, it was a symbol that I can do amazing things. And so can anyone else if they put their heart to it and if they're put their mind to it and I think taking an experiment space when you're 15 is not the norm but I want to make it the norm I want people who are 15 who are 14 who are seven years old I want them to think outside their classroom I want them to know that they can do amazing things regardless of what other people tell them coming up next find out why Alia is learning sign language right now and the two problems that she would focus on if she could change the world that's next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95, and I'm speaking to Emirati scientist and young visionary Ali Al Mansouri. It's really hard to believe that she's only 16 years old as she talks, but here she tells me about how science is part of everything that she does and the two issues that she would focus on solving if given a chance. Science is a part of you and it's a part that nurtures every other part of you. Like for example, I love art and I love sports, I love jujitsu. And so science plays a very big role in that because to love art, you need to be creative. And that helps with your science and the science helps you with that. And to do jiu-jitsu, you need to know how not to get injured. And so science helps you with that as well. And I think it really just becomes a way of thinking and a way of life. And that project really did 
make me realize that I want to be a scientist and I want to contribute to science and I want to become a researcher and I want to help humanity and to help humans further understand what it means to be human. Um, so you actually as well, you went back to the US in the summer mm-hmm. and uh, you were at Harvard. Yeah. So tell us about that experience. It was a lot of fun. I think I learned so many things and I met so many people who I miss so much. I made so many friends from all around the world, which was an amazing experience. And I also got to meet researchers and scientists who work in this field. And I got to learn more about other fields of science, like physics and astronomy, which were some of the other courses that I've taken. And I really did enjoy it. I got a glimpse into the college lifestyle and I got to see what it's like. And when I was there, I was like, I don't want to go back to high school. (laughs) I just want to graduate and go to college. Are you going to go to Harvard? I really hope I get go to Stanford, which is, I mean, no offense to Harvard. I just, I really like Stanford for now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um, Harvard's a nice place and I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed my experience, but I also love Stanford because science is a very big part of me, right? But I love doing other things as well. And I think that's what keeps me balanced. I don't like to just do one thing in my life. That'll just be boring, right? You can't just do one thing your entire life. As humans, we like to venture out and do crazy things and go on adventures. And I think that for me is kind of like another step into that. I love doing all types of things. I love learning other languages, even ones that are not spoken. I love... You talked about you're learning um, sign language at the moment. Yeah. Why are you learning sign language? Because, um, actually, I watched a video on YouTube uh, by a YouTuber called Umar Farooq. I met him, actually. He's a really nice guy. And he had a friend that was deaf and, you know, he couldn't speak or, or hear. So his friend challenged him to be deaf for an entire day and not speak or hear. And so he had these headphones and he couldn't speak. He had to learn sign language for that day only. And it shows you the challenges that these people have to go through every single day. And even though they're human and just like us, if I meet someone who, let's say, is German and can't speak English or Arabic, this person can learn English and they can learn Arabic. And I can learn German and then we can communicate. But someone who's deaf cannot learn other languages for you to communicate with them. We have to learn a language for them. And I think they're human just like us. Why are we making ourselves more superior to them? Sign language is a language and it's an amazing language. It's not that hard. It's very logical and even better than actual languages like English or something. It's it's a lot of fun. You've given us something to think about. I never thought about it that way. For example, if someone is deaf and was in a situation where they had to call the police, how would they do that? If they had an accident or if they were not at home but somewhere outside and they were being attacked by someone, how would they scream? How Mm. would they suppress their feelings? How would they call the police and, you know, get help? That is a very hard thing. But if we get more people to be able to know this language and you know to be able to communicate in sign language then it would make the community more inclusive to everyone our community is not just made up of people who can hear speak and see and can speak all languages we're not made of that type of community we have people who cannot hear we have people who cannot speak we have people who cannot see and we need to accommodate for them because we're all human we should all stand together as a community and not be divided and it needs to be, we need to make things more accessible for them because yeah. we need deaf scientists and we need blind scientists and yeah. they need to be part of that. 
Absolutely. And I think, as I said before, science is for everyone and we shouldn't limit science or education in general yeah. for anyone of just course. because they lost one of their senses. They're not different from it's us. Incredible. Yeah. I love I love your vision of the world that you're just you're sensitive to all of these things that other people don't really see. Mm-hmm. And for you, tell me about some of the, the challenges in the world that you think this is something I want to solve. These are problems that I want to solve. I think two things that should change in the world, and I think it will take a very, very long time to change, but I really hope they do one day, is free education and free healthcare. I think in this world, we shouldn't have to pay to learn and we shouldn't have to pay to heal. And we don't get to choose if we get sick. We don't get to choose to get diseases. We don't get to choose to not be a part of society because we're not educated. Thankfully, I do have you know medical insurance and I do have money to pay for school. And I do have an education, but I know a lot of people out there don't. And I think you know taking that part away is taking away part of their human rights because every single person should have the right to be educated. Every single person should have the right to go to the hospital and get the care that they need and get the health that they should have because they are human. We're all human. And for someone to go there, go to, to go to a hospital and pay for their health, for example, and someone else who's living in a completely different place who can't do the same thing, Who's to say that the person who can pay is more superior more superior than the other? We can't choose that. We can't choose, again, if we get sick or not. Healthcare should be for free. Education should be for free. I don't understand the concept of, I really don't, I can't grasp it, the concept of having to pay to go to a hospital or having to pay to, to do a surgery or having to pay to go to school. It's, it, it's really something I can't grasp. I really hope that is something that changes and I yeah. think you're on to something there. Um, but so I want to ask you as well, is there anything that scares you? I mean, when I think of going to Mars, I'm afraid. Like, <laughs> that frightens me. Yeah. Is there anything that scares you? You seem like somebody who just is fearless, mashallah. You know, I I get scared, obviously. I'm, I'm human, but I feel like that fear is so minimal to the amazing things that I could do if I do one day get to Mars. Let's say I was chosen to go to Mars, right? And I go on the ship and they say, okay, there's a chance that something might happen and something might go wrong, which is the usual for being an astronaut. But if I do get to be an astronaut and if I do go to Mars and become the first person to ever go there and I do take that risk and I do take that leap and go there and make people around me proud, make my parents proud, make my family proud, and make my country proud, that is something that overcomes all of the fears in the world. I think for me, being able to go there and change humanity and do something for the better of all people and to show people that nothing is impossible and you can, in fact, go to Mars and change the world and give hope to those who don't have hope, I think that is something that is worth the risk and is worth the fear. And even though I do get scared sometimes, I, I just like to keep in mind that what I'm doing is for humanity in general. It's just to make human life a better and to help us understand medicine, to help us understand biology, chemistry, physics. If we go to Mars, we can change the world just like when we went to the moon. And if I get to do that and make my country proud, then I think that no fear can stand in the way. Nothing can stand in her way. Coming up next, 
Alia tells me why she doesn't want to be the first Emirati woman in space. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm speaking to young scientist and astronaut hopeful Alian Mansouri. And here on this International Day for Women and Girls in Science, she talks to me about how to get more girls into science and why she doesn't want to be the first Emirati woman in space. Today is the International Day for Women and Girls in Science. So... How do we make more girls love science like you and want to be part of it like you? I think one of the ways to do that is to just show them that you can actually, in fact, go into science and and be involved in this. Because I know that, for example, in the United Arab Emirates, we have a lot of great examples of women in science and girls entering different fields like engineering and biology and physics. But I think there's a problem that we face in some of the more rural areas in the United Arab Emirates where girls can't see that type of future and can't participate in it for some kind of social restriction. But I think that we should show girls that they can in fact do that and that this is something that we need in our society and that us as girls, we're strong and we can take anything and we are able to do all of these amazing things and become scientists because As I said, science is for everyone. And if you're a girl, if you're a guy, if you're an alien, science is for you. Because we live in science. We are science. As humans, all of the small things that happen in your body, all of the cells, the way that they function, how they have like, it's like a little city in every single cell. The way that every single thing functions in your body, that is science. So therefore, you literally are science. So who's to say that you can't do science? And you know what? You don't need their acceptance of you doing science because you're doing something for all of humanity. And if we had everyone in the United Arab Emirates, not just girls, but guys also entering science and entering the different fields, then we would have very, very advanced medical opportunities. We would have very advanced engineering opportunities. We would have big researches on various different things. And we would just be advanced, not just as a community, but as humans in general if we had one place in the world where everyone did science then i think that we'd be able to reach jupiter in like the next year you know (laughs) just would be accelerated but you know what um science is all about experiments it's all about making mistakes Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are afraid in everyday life of making mistakes of trying something taking a risk doing something new so what's your approach to all of that I think as long as you know that that risk is worth taking, then you should do it. When I first started, this is not related to science, but everything is in general for me. But when I first started doing jujitsu, um, which a Brazilian jujitsu, I was really scared because I was scared of getting injured. Because if you want to be an astronaut, you can't be injured. And I was scared because I knew I was taking a risk and I knew that it's a very dangerous sport. Uh, but it's something that I really wanted to do because it. I heard it makes you 
feel better about yourself and it, it just makes you healthier in general and when I started doing it I realized that that was a risk worth taking because now I feel better about myself I feel more confident and I feel better in my skin and the same thing when you apply it to science you're taking a very big risk but the risk that you're taking is a risk that is worth taking I go to the lab every weekend so I sacrifice my Thursdays and Fridays every single week and I'm doing an internship currently at NYU Bulabi and it's it's a very big step and it's a very hard thing because when you go on social media and you see all of your friends you know hanging out and you're just in the lab doing experiments you're like I really want to be with my friends and I want to spend time with them but then you realize that you're taking a very big risk because you want to make a change in humanity and even though that risk might seem small or that risk might seem big regardless of that risk you're doing it for a purpose you're doing it because you want to achieve something even bigger if you're sacrificed you need to make sure that that risk is worth taking and if it's not then you shouldn't even do it in the first place but so tell us what you're working on now at the lab so i'm just doing an internship right now um you know, I feel like I, I did do a research, but there's so much more that I don't know and so much more that I can get outside of my classroom. Um, and I just get an opportunity to start working at, as an intern at uh, NYU Budabi with um, one amazing researcher. His name is Mohamed Sayer. He does awesome research about stem cells and it's, it's just really, really cool. So I got to work with him and it's just basic, you know, research stuff. Um, I'm just interning and trying to learn as much as I can and being able to work with stem cells is so cool and fun. I didn't think that I'd be able to do that, but uh, it's a really big opportunity. It's something I think that will make me grow as a person and make it's me grow. It's life changing as well it though, is. for people. Yeah, doing science is a very beautiful thing, I think. And working in stem cells in particular. I think it's a pretty cool uh, new thing that we don't really fully understand. And I'm, I'm just excited to just be able to work on them and to be able to see how they work. It's amazing. Um, and everyone should look into stem cells. If you don't know what stem cells are, you should totally look them up. They're so cool. And I think... Being a scientist is not about what you learn in high school or what you learn about in college because science is constantly changing. You need to keep up. So if you don't read journals or if you don't read science news then for a week and you're a scientist and you can't be a scientist anymore because everything could have changed and you know, you'd just be useless. So you need to always keep up and you need to always you know, read journals. I think that's what I love about being a scientist is that everything is always changing because even if you have a PhD, you know, you should always keep up with the news and you should always keep up with the journals and read as much as you can. Because, always. Yeah. So now, what are your future plans? What are you excited about? Honestly, I'm just excited to graduate from high school. Uh, I'm 16, so I have, I have a year left. I'm in 11th grade, so 12th grade is next year and I'll graduate hopefully and I'm excited for that even though it's kind of scary because I'm going to miss you know I love I love my school so much like I honestly can't explain how much I love my school because they honestly look at you as a human and they don't look at you as you know as some like a robot or something they always look at you as a human and I love that about my school and I know that um once I leave I'm gonna be very sad but I'm excited for a new chapter in my life to be able to learn more science and to be able to do more science classes um, as opposed to just two. 
and to be able to expand my knowledge more and to do more research internationally and to meet more scientists and researchers my age and to collaborate with them that's something that I'm very excited about as well as you know my future future plan is to become an astronaut and that's something that I really want to achieve and um, I really do hope that that comes true too because I'm you know I'm working towards that goal every single day and I'm working towards making human space travel easier for everyone so if I don't become an astronaut one day for some reason I really hope that in some way I did make a contribution in some way I made it easier for someone else, for another girl out there who wants to become an astronaut. A lot of people ask me, do you want to be the first female Emirati astronaut? And I always say, no. People are always like confused because you're nodding your head right now and you're like, wait, what? But it's because if I get to be an astronaut, it'll be around like 2030s, okay? Because I'm still very young and I can't be an astronaut right now, I'm 16. So by the time, there's no specific age, but there's always, you know, like an age, quote unquote age. So I estimated that I could be an astronaut when I'm like in the years 2030s or something, when I'm around like 20 something, 30, I don't know, an old age. And, uh, and if at that time I reach a point where I'm the first female Emirati astronaut, that's just going to be sad because it would have been almost like 10 years since there was the first Emirati astronaut, which is going to be a male. And in these 10 years, if there isn't a female astronaut, then it's going to be a downside because it's a very long time. I really hope there's a female astronaut that goes before me. And being the first, it's not a really big thing. It really does depend on what you do when you go to space. And I think, you know, being an astronaut just in general is an amazing experience. And um, I'm excited for that. We're excited for that. I'm yeah. so excited to see what happens for you next, Alia. Alian Mansouri is um, a name we have to remember, we have to watch and big things ahead for you and for this country because of yeah. what you're doing and inspiring others to do as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So great to hear from this incredible young woman. You just you can't help but be inspired just being in her presence, listening to her speak, the things that she thinks about, the things that she wants to do um, in the future is just absolutely incredible. So uh, keep that name in mind, Alia and Mansouri. That's it for us on Life Beats today. If you want to listen back to that interview or any others, it will be on our podcast, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Have a fantastic day and see you again tomorrow from 10 a.m. for all of the good things that make life beat. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.